0: the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic clear for the option.
1: Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2,000, climbing 3,000. Line up and wait, 7 range, 4 Mike Delta.
0: Martin Tower, 172, Romeo, down, holding shuttle runway 3, 3, ready to take off. Auburn down, the bus, 3, 2, 1, bike, enemy, downwind, for runway, 5, 5, I'm John, I'm Chris, I'm Brad, and I'm Mark, and we are the In The Pattern Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to episode 43 of the In The Pattern Podcast. I'm going to be your host tonight, John, and uh, with me is just Brad tonight. Uh, Looks like uh, Chris is... We we kicked him out for a little while since we're kind of jealous of him up in Alaska, you know, in Seattle. I know he went to the Boeing factory and doing all kinds of cool stuff that we're not. We hate him. Yeah, we, we, we do. So so we kicked him out for an episode. Um, also, it uh, looks like Mark isn't going to be able to join us tonight. So uh, it's just the two of us. We're going to uh, kind of wing it and see what we can do. I know, Brad, you've done some flying. Uh, I have I have not. You poor thing. I know, I know. Soon though, actually, uh, I'm I'm looking to schedule something in the next uh, couple weeks. I either, either take some friends up or take my grandmother. We'll see. Um, but we got a few things we can talk about here, and go ahead and get this out um, to everybody. Usual regular drop date. So uh, with uh, with that, let's go ahead and get started. So Brad, I heard you had a couple pretty cool flights.
1: Yeah, I uh the main flight was just uh taking my mother-in-law to Janesville, Wisconsin, which is about 250 nautical miles uh from from Crystal and uh
0: Crystal uh, in in relation Crystal. to to Oshkosh, which is in what which Oshkosh, as pilots yeah. they'll know where that is in Wisconsin.
1: It's about 90 miles south of Oshkosh on the Illinois Wisconsin border. Okay,
0: okay. Okay.
1: Due south of Madison. That'll, anybody who's flown the Fisk Approach will know where Madison is. Um, so it, uh, we flew down there. We, we took the, the Mooney. It was a beautiful day for flying. We flew VFR uh, the whole way out. And I um, uh, didn't bother with flight following simply because I knew that I was uh, going to very, very quickly get out of range of ATC. Uh, I did pick up flight following around Madison though, because it was a gorgeous day, and it was what was it? About 9:30 as we were getting close to Madison, and it was funny. I I got on the horn and I and I called Matt, Madison Approach, and I said, "Hey, I'd like a VFR flight following. I'm a Mooney. I'm over here. Here's what I'm. Here's where I'm headed. Headed down to Janesville." And so they gave me a squat code right away. And it was like 416, 0416. So, okay, I squawked 0416. And within two minutes, they had handed out code 417, 418, 419, 420, 421, 422, and 423. Uh, It was unbelievable how busy this poor approach controller was, uh, just handing out squawk codes to people, much less giving them advisories. Um, in fact, I don't even know if he was able to give advisories because he was so busy handing out squawk codes. Uh, but he he did a great job and um, actually released us from uh, flight following, and, and we had to squawk VFR, and then a few seconds later got to pick up Janesville Tower and um, told them where we were. And, and our course basically got us on a straight. It had us essentially aligned with the center line of the runway from about 75 miles out. So uh, we flew a nice straight in, and uh, uh, it was really nice. It's amazing, you know, we flew down low because of uh, headwind conditions, and 154 knots indicated on the Mooney, uh, actually 154 knots true on the Mooney, from between 500 and 1,000 feet, depending on the terrain, as we were uh, traversing Wisconsin, is really, really fast. Normally when you're flying along in an airplane, it looks like you're just crawling along and you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But when you're low to the ground, you can really tell. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's you're like, pod racing in episode one. <laughs> going through. Right. Canyons yeah. And you're,
1: stuff. you're going like, what is that? 180 <laughs> miles an hour across the ground. And it's obvious. Yeah. That that's a little really fast moving, moving quite fast from, <laughs> from that low to the ground, at least. Um, so yeah beautiful views we got sight of a of a gorgeous air park um a residential air park um that uh that i didn't know existed and just pretty as can be it had a nice one eight three six runway with beautiful houses along either side of it so that's it's where you're moving pretty. soon <laughs> it would be nice <laughs> it would be nice um So, yeah, a real uneventful flight down there, Um, you know, since I was in Wisconsin. uh, We called ahead, um, and a couple days ahead of time called down to the FBO and reserved the courtesy car, and uh, the guy was really nice, and, you know, he he topped off our tanks and everything, and he said, oh, it's a good thing you called ahead, I've had five calls today for the courtesy car, and um, so I had to tell him all, nope, you know, we've got somebody that's coming in that's got it, and sorry. And so it was you know really nice for us. We got this great courtesy car. They topped off the plane, um, uh, dropped my mother-in-law off to visit with her friend. I tooled around and picked up fireworks and beer because you know, Wisconsin. And uh, a little while later, uh, packed up the, packed everything into the plane and uh, returned. a uh, nice, uneventful trip back. Um, it was. A, it still managed to be a fairly busy day. Um, the we did encounter a, a few bits of traffic on the return flight. We were up high to, to take advantage of tailwinds on the way back, and uh, got a few traffic reports from ATC since we were since we were doing flight following on the on the return. Uh, and then as we got in towards Minneapolis into the towards the class Bravo, um, we were coming in at at. Uh, 3500 feet to get underneath the outermost class bravo shelf and i was on with approach and uh, um, i had not been cleared in i was just vfr you know with a squat code for vfr flight following and they gave us a they requested that we maintain 3500 at or above uh, and remain outside the bravo so okay that's fine but we're doing 160 knots. Actually, we're doing like 170 knots with the <laughs> tailwind. Yeah. And then they're like, um, you know, I'm getting closer very, very quickly closer to the um, to the next shelf, which is 3,000 feet. And they're not giving me lower because the approach controller is very, very busy. So finally, I just keyed the mic and just said, you know, approach Mooney One Julia Papa request immediate lower or immediate class bravo transition and uh she just came back and said you know bravo transition approved didn't give me an altitude didn't give me any a heading just go in <laughs> okay you know, So I'm, me. <laughs> now i'm blasting through the class bravo at three miles a minute and uh um it, you know, eventually everything kind of sorted itself out, and and it was okay. But it was it was very interesting uh, the way they solved it. I've noticed that I have a sinking suspicion that when they see that you're calling in with a Mooney, you get a little bit more respect and probably a little bit better service than if you call in in a warrior or an archer.
0: Because isn't this what you were talking about? Where you you had trouble in the past, kind of getting through.
1: Right. I can rarely get a Bravo transition. Yeah. Uh, I could very, very rarely get a Bravo transition. And today, or that particular day, this was a, a couple of weeks back, um, that particular day they're like, nope, you're good. Have a great time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here I am in the Bravo on no particular clearance. I guess I'll just maintain my current altitude and heading. And, <laughs> you know, eventually I started getting close to the airport and I'm pulling the speed back, you know, and I'm. I'm slowing the plane down and and starting to run my, my, uh, before landing checklist and getting everything straightened out. And, and, uh, I had to, I had to call one more time to just to request lower because I didn't think I would, I didn't think I should drop below 3,500 because I wasn't technically on a clearance, but I was in the Bravo airspace. So I called and requested lower and, and she cleared me out and just said, yeah, you're fine. go, fly a visual approach into the airport <laughs> have a nice day um, so it, it was interesting in that respect um, but from a from a flying perspective boy it was really easy you know it uh, the the Mooney is so much more than capable of making that flight um, you know between the the autopilots and the GPS and uh, all the nice equipment and, and I've got enough hours in it and, you know I've got twenty five plus hours in it at this point that I'm really comfortable and fluent in in how all the systems work and i can I can basically make the plane do what I need it to do yeah and a little you know, too for, much
0: as we learned last episode,
1: yeah well you know <laughs> uh, but uh we've you know a very easy flight, very capable airplane for doing it you know i we only had two of us in the in there, so weight wasn't really an issue and uh, the only thing I was worried about at all was whether or not my mother-in-law who's getting close to 80 uh, would be able to get in you know you've got that low wing in the in the way that you have to climb up onto yeah uh, and I have to go in first is it one door there's one door
0: and and that's on the it's on the passenger okay. side
1: so I have to go in you know I helped her up onto the wing but then I have to swing myself into the plane into the pilot seat and then kind of Guide her in from there. Um, but it worked out fine. She's a fairly spry 79 uh, year old. And uh, uh, it worked out, like I said, just fine. I, my plan B was to switch to the Cherokee 6, which has a door in the back. Uh, and then I could get her in there. Yeah, yeah. But it would have been much more expensive just because the, the per hour charge is higher and the plane is slower.
0: Yeah, what's the um, what's the uh, speed on the uh, six?
1: The six cruises out at around one hundred and thirty-eight, hundred and forty. Um, somewhere right about there. So as opposed to one hundred and sixty for the, um, one hundred and sixty for the Mooney.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And one hundred and we um, one hundred and thirty, pretty much on the nose. One hundred and thirty for the Arrow. Um, the Arrow, I it it just came back from annual and having its interior completely replaced. So all of the old 1978 plastic panels that were all cracked, um, are replaced with brand new plastic panels. The, the overhead vent actually works. The carpet has, w- was all replaced. The seats, uh, were all reupholstered with leather. Um, I'm and that's the plane I've got signed out to go to Oshkosh. I'm quite Fancy. excited about that, I'm looking forward to to uh flying it again, and I think they put in some gap seals or something to help try to squeeze a few more knots out of that pig,
0: yeah, take whatever you can get right
1: <laughs> I'll take what I mean it's the same <laughs> engine that's in the Mooney, but it's thirty knots slower,
0: okay, well, yeah, it's a lot more airplane. I mean the Mooney well, is built for so much speed and
1: yeah. Now, the Arrow can hold a lot more stuff. It carries more fuel, it carries more weight, it's got more room. Um, so, you know, there's the upside to that. Yeah, you but just pay for it. and You pay for it and how long it takes you to get anywhere. Um, now, of course, you know, the difference to, to get to Oshkosh between the Mooney and the Arrow is probably 10 minutes, 12 minutes. You know, but the difference to get to, like, Orlando... Is quite a bit.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe a little different. Or say, you know, uh, Lakeland. Lakeland. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. If if you were going to go to, to Florida for some reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. Still say you should have deviated there.
1: You know, that would have been good. The other the other good spot to deviate since I was in Arkansas would have been New Orleans. Yeah. That would have been a lot yeah. of fun.
0: Less fewer airplanes there though.
1: Yeah, a lot of float planes though.
0: See now that I can get behind. I yep. do, I do, I do love me some float planes.
1: So how is the uh, how is the airplane search going, Mister Floatplane?
0: <laughs> uh the airplane search. Um, the airplane search is doing very well. If you change it to a house search, um.
1: <laughs> you know, you you can live in your airplane. I
0: I, I know. Um, and actually, but you
1: can't fly your house.
0: When I uh, when I when I told my buddy, I said, "Hey, I said we might need to push back the airplane in just a couple months." Um, turns out we're buying a house now instead of next year, and um, he uh, he he was like, "What? The, why? Why would you do that?" He's like, "You can't fly your house." <laughs> See, and uh, yeah, so he he said the same thing, and um, no, it's it's we're we're still talking a lot about it. Actually, we had a pretty long discussion yesterday because um, it's. Pretty much, we're we're gonna need some extra people, um, at least one other person, um, to really make it viable. Um, just because I don't want to give myself the financial burden of, you know, splitting the plane in half, and then me and my wife decide it's time to have kids and then me not be able to keep the airplane. I want to ensure that I can keep the airplane throughout that whole thing. So I've been right. budgeting the airplane in and I know there's a target amount that I need to hit for me to be able to keep the airplane no matter what happens. So, um, uh, essentially it means we need at least one more person. Um, so we've been talking back and forth, you know, we have a couple ideas and, um, either way it's, it's, um, it's probably delayed three, four months maybe. So, um, not too bad actually, but we'll be, Ugh, well, that's just so sad. I know, I know, but, um, I'm still going to uh, keep flying. I still want to hit a hundred hours by the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. Um, uh, definitely I, I should get another hour or two up here in the next, next month or so, um, and then there's a the possibility of getting in a little longer flight at the end of July. Uh, i still kind of working that out. I might be, I might fly up to Scranton. So that'll get me some extra time. And that'll be probably, that'll be the longest flight I've probably done. So um, that'll be interesting if that happens.
1: Well, and that's, that's some active airspace. It is. It is. You'll be busy.
0: So I'm um, to dodge Philly just so I get rid of that active and then. Scranton's going to be interesting. Uh, I haven't actually dealt with a... that's a Charlie, I believe. Scranton? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm correct.
1: Don't know. I have to
0: look at it again. It's pretty far th- from home. I think it was a Charlie. And um, I, I actually haven't flown in that yet. Um,
1: ah, it's no big deal. You just call, call in. Be on flight following anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it, it'll just be no experience, which, you know, what flight isn't.
1: <laughs> and then on the way out, call clearance delivery before you call ground.
0: Yeah. So, um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, if that, if that ends up happening, I don't, I'm not sure about that yet, but, uh, we're going to try to make that happen. So, uh, I'll have some good stuff and then I might reevaluate the, the diamond again. Maybe try to get in that, um. I'm still not sure if it's really worth it for me if I'm still gonna go the whole buying a plane route, um, but oh, getting checked getting out getting yet. checked out, yeah. Um, I mean, the only reason I haven't yet is just because it was so difficult to get checked out um, between getting. Well, the plane availability is fine. It was actually the instructor availability that was killing me. Um, so I may still try to do that. It's just it's going to be significantly more money than just flying. So it's do I. Have, really want to spend the extra 150 dollars just for the checkout or I could get an extra hour and a half of flying in or something like that. So
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's those are the choices. Yeah.
0: But then afterwards it's a lot cheaper to fly. <laughs> you know? It's a that's the twenty, right? Yeah, it's a twenty. So Yeah, those are very inexpensive. Yeah. I mean it's it's twenty five bucks an hour cheaper. Wow. So Does
1: anybody out there do um 40 no well I, I was gonna say lsa
0: oh yes um uh uh chesapeake and uh, whatever's over baybridge airport um just across the bay on um kent island um they're actually uh they're a uh there's a it's not there there's the chesapeake flight school or i forget what it's called but they're um they're an lsa dealer and i think they're a. Uh, um I who we're talking about. we were looking at one of the gyrocopters, and it's actually that airport is a dealer for one of the gyrocopters. Um, I can't remember who they were though. But there's a couple of LSAs over there. I know there's an Eaglet and I think a Technum. Is that the same?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know my LSAs but, that well. But they've got to be pretty cheap to fly.
0: I think they were the ones I couldn't find the the prices for online um but there's then them and then actually at the same airport there is a 172 and something else on open airplane that's renting uh that's rentable as well um kind of my only hold up there is going to be where we move to sure um cuz it we may end up moving a little further away where that's just not feasible to go down there so
1: so Scranton which i believe is Kilo Alpha Victor Papa is class Delta, but it's in a it's in a tersa. Oh, that's right. It was, Tursa. Tursa. it was a tersa. It was a Yeah, which is totally voluntary, but highly recommended that you call in.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a
1: it's a good idea to call in and get a, a squawk. I remember now. If you're inside it, it's it's six thousand to thirty nine hundred is the tersa, so it's pretty thin. Um, you could easily come in underneath it. Uh, and fly all the way in. But I would still... Well, actually, it's 6,000 to 5... It's even thinner on one side. It's 6,000 to 5,000 on the the direction that you'd be coming in. On the in southern side? From Yeah, from the southeast. But it's... Uh, I would still call in and just be on flight
0: following. Yeah, I'll probably just be on flight following. Let's see. If you, yep, let's see what I... Let's see what I scheduled here. Um, actually, according to this... It's only an hour and two minutes away isn't that amazing actually this is cool you need to pack for the trip two megabytes uh, the new four kind of cool
1: yeah i have yet to fly with uh, that new pack feature but it looks interesting that it'll it'll download for you a bunch of the stuff that it, it, it basically will make sure that you have this, the charts and everything yeah. that you need for your trip. So I'm
0: looking at it right now because I, I had already kind of done a pre of the route that I would think about doing. And um, so it's got here on the main page, it's got my route listed there. I'm on the phone right now. And it's got the route and the winds aloft and all that, you know, the normal stuff you see. And it's got Root advisor below it. And then it, ha- and then it has a little thing in red that says you need to pack for the trip two megabytes. I click on that and it goes over and it says, well, you need the MEDARs, the TAFs, AirMet Segments, and TFRs, you need fuel prices and airport NOTAMs. And at the bottom it's got a button that just says pack. Go ahead and click that and down it goes. So that's actually pretty cool. Um, I, A nice little added feature to make sure that you're uh, you know, not breaking that far on pre-flight.
1: Well, and, yeah, I mean, that doesn't obviously guarantee that you read it, but it is nice to know that you're going to have it in flight if you're out of range of uh, a cell tower. Yeah,
0: which which happens a lot. I mean, you go above, like, 2,000 feet, you start getting a crappy signal here and there, so. Right,
1: yeah, and and it also makes sure that you have your charts, right? If you didn't happen to have Philadelphia oh, yeah. uh, loaded, it would add that and download it for the trip.
0: Exactly, now I always keep, well, actually, now I won't have to if i if i fight in here so actually i won't have to download all this stuff all the time right Um, and that's what i've
1: been doing is i download all of the adjoining states that i might end up in uh on the theory that hey if i need it it's there it's not a big deal
0: yeah that's actually pretty cool so yeah and then it said hey you're all packed and then now the pack on the other screen isn't red anymore so that's pretty cool and that's actually going to, yeah, it's going to save me from having to download all the stuff all the time. Cause usually what I'd done before is all of my surrounding area, you know, I'll pack Maryland and then I'll pack Delaware, um, Jersey, Virginia, you know, all the surrounding States just to have it. Right. So
1: that's exactly what I
0: do yeah. too. That's so a nice little feature. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'll be that'll be an interesting flight, and that's that's what it was. I I remember it was something I hadn't been in before, and yet it was the Tursa because there's a couple of them in, in Pennsylvania is the only place I've been able to find them so far. Um, Harrisburg I know has one, and then there's the Scranton one we just saw. So
1: yeah, Fargo uh, Fargo Moorhead has a Tursa as well, um, but they're kind of few and far between. Yeah, I have I th- you know it's funny when you mentioned it I've only only last year I've ever flown into class Charlie. and uh, that was at Madison. Um, other than that, I have never had occasion to, no, I take it back. I've Madison and then Chicago. Um, so same trip. Uh, when I went into Midway, that was class Charlie airport.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know the big, there's two Charlies around it. Well, pretty much everything here is Bravo, you know, it's just how it is. Um, but I know um Atlantic City is a charlie and I've kind of stayed away. I've always been south of there and then um there's uh what's the other one that was I always see it's Norfolk cuz all of my flight planning for my um my PPL and the other and the um BFR I had to flight plan to Norfolk both times yeah. um obviously we didn't end up flying it but I had to flight plan down there so um those are, the, those are the two that I know are, are definitely around here but yeah I haven't had any reason to really go to them yet. so one day
1: yeah like, and like I said it's not terribly you know difficult or, or overly interesting it's it's really you know on the inbound you want to work with approach and on the outbound you want to work with clearance delivery yeah um, uh, just so that, and you, you call them up and say hey I'm VFR depart, departing VFR to the whatever direction and I'd like this altitude and they say okay thanks call ground here's your here's your uh here's your code or ground'll give you your code
0: yeah yeah so, so
1: they're they're friendly people
0: always are they're there to help you
1: yeah well they don't want you getting in the way of the big planes that are you know going to squish you
0: yeah or wake turbulence you
1: one of those, yeah. yeah. They just—they just really don't want paperwork. I'm pretty sure that's—that's that's their perspective.
0: Yeah, I was actually—I uh, was just listening uh, today when I was cooking dinner to the latest uh, UCap just dropped.
1: I haven't had a chance there. to, so don't no spoilers. Uh, well,
0: there's just there is a um, there is an incident about wake turbulence that they discuss, and it's interesting. So,
1: was it the one there was a video that a guy posted? Yeah, I yeah.
0: Guess that one. I actually yeah, haven't seen I, the video yet. I've only heard them talk about it.
1: I saw the video some time ago, and it's... Um, I have to... I, the, the guy did a really nice job describing the video and kind of running you through it, and the I, a lot of respect. It was a young woman who was the student... I don't know if she's young or old, yeah. but it was a woman who's a student pilot um, who filmed all of her stuff, and, um, and hats off to her for being able to to share, you know, what was a couple of fairly scary incidents and then to continue on and 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 finish the rating. Um I I don't know if I'd have had the guts to do um, it after some of the stuff that she was in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounded almost like uh she almost didn't <laughs> but uh
1: Yeah, no, I I I certainly would have had pause, but I'm not sure that I would have I think I might have said, "You know, I I'm just not sure that this is for me."
0: Yeah. But yeah, props for finishing that, because that's uh, a little scary. See, so, yeah, I need to watch that video. I'll, I'll try to post, post a link, too, on the show notes. Um, but definitely listen to the the latest UCAP, because they go over it, and it's, uh, it's interesting. Um,
1: well, and it's, you know, I'm four, a little over four years into this uh, flying thing, uh, since I got my certificate, four and a half since I started uh, working on it. And it's funny how much you forget how hard it is at times when you're doing the student pilot thing
0: it, yeah it's um it's interesting to me because you know i don't fly as much as i you know did when i was training so i still get little bits of that whenever i go up um right. yeah the nervousness there's a lot of nervousness there's a lot of uh you know i'm you know i started getting into the getting into it again and kind of getting into the, the, you know, the checklist and everything. But it was just a, you know, I take my time. I, I try to double check everything, triple check everything, just because I'm so afraid that it's been a while and I'm forgetting something. Right. Um, so I'm always, you know, taking a lot longer than I probably need to and probably spending more money than I should just sitting there on the ground. But <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, I don't fly that much. Um, you know, it's once a month, once every two months, and it just, you know, isn't quite enough. Um, that's partly why I'm itching to get an airplane. It's just because I know that if I could just say, hey, it's a really nice day, let's go. Right. Um, it's going right. to be a little different, so.
1: Yeah, and I remember t- the nervousness on on the... When I finished the rating and I was able to just go. Yeah. Uh, and then, which somehow was different than when I was just soloing. I don't know why that was different, but it was. And then when I got the instrument rating and it was, it was IMC and I would just go. And I remember how I was nervous all over again for that. Yeah. And it really took in both cases, it took a lot of just flying it to really build up my confidence and to be like, you know what? You can handle this and this is what you have to do. And this is kind of how it works. And, um, but it, it, it took quite a while and you know, there's always a little bit of anxiety when you're when you're driving in, at least for me there is, uh, driving out to the airport and and you know, you start thinking about it and kind of getting your game on to make sure that you're you're in the right mindset that you're um that you're kinda of clearing the other stuff, the other clutter from your mind so that you can focus on
0: the task at hand. Exactly. Um and I think uh, you know, being uh a renter at a school, and I don't know how much you see this because obviously you have a lot of different people flying your planes um, at the same time on how your club is. But you know, renting aircraft, um, there's always so many things that can go wrong on those planes. Yeah, that just because they're just beat to hell, and uh, you know, doors opening and all that kinds of stuff, and and you know, you never know. You are always going to the airport, and you're like, I don't know which gauges are going to work today. <laughs> Break. You know, because you just don't know what's a tomato flames. A tomato yeah. So flames. you're trying to think, you know, what's the, what's the stuff? If, if this is broken, you know, am I going to still be able to go? And then you're looking at the squawks cause you're like, you know, there's going to be something, which stuff is broken today. And can I fly with it? Can I, you know, and it's always all that kind of stuff too. It's, it's, it's uh, that that's, I think, you know, one of the bigger things that just, you know, annoys me and it was actually funny when i was talking to my instructor and he's like you know he's like the problem that i have as the instructor is that i have to tell these get you know these people who are um you know student pilots getting their you know early in their training that this is okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah never mind the the radio that is just blinking yeah you know
0: um
1: there's another one
0: it's just uh it's it's difficult so that always adds a little anxiety, you know, to the whole flight to me. And then it's it's um, also the making sure that I don't show that to my passenger either. Right. Because it might be their first flight. And I don't want that. You know, obviously, I'm, you know, fine going up. It's just a matter of I don't want to let them know that I'm, I'm contemplating something or having to look something up or think about it for a second, you know. Because <laughs> you just don't want to add that little bit.
1: Um, no, I totally get it. And I have... You know, by, by and large, our planes are quite well-maintained, but on numerous occasions, I've gone to the airport and had to um, either either never pull it out of the hangar or put it back into the hangar because of a, uh, a failure of some kind. Um, we talked about the the incident where I had a, the CO, my carbon monoxide yeah. detector, went off. Um, and, uh, you know, that was obvious. You know, there was... There was the only decision I had to make was do I declare an emergency to taxi back to the hangar and I was like well that's kind of foolish. Um, they're not going to give me any higher priority. There's no one else at the airport. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I've had an attitude indicator that failed. Uh, luckily before takeoff, um, I got all the way to the end of the airport f- or a- end of the runway and had done my run up and all my checks and everything and it was all set and to go. And then the tower called me up and said, hey, Approach just called an airplane that's at the altitude that you're going to uh, is reporting icing. I said, "Ugh, oh, turn it You know, having just just spent 40 minutes at the airport getting everything ready and doing all the planning and everything, and it's like, uh, oh, turn around and put it away. Um, yeah. You know, um, like, uh, all right, well, I'm not going to knowingly fly into a hazardous situation, so you know, walk away from it. Um, yeah, the failed attitude indicator was, was not fun. Uh, you know, you get out there and you're like, well, maybe it's gonna, I've never seen one spin up like this, but maybe it'll settle down and I taxi out and I do my run up and everything. And I'm like, it's not settling down. The attitude indicator is just going boing, boing, Yeah, boing. <laughs> and It's got some, something's horribly wrong on the inside of it. And you're like, oh. And I'm like, well, if it was a VFR day, this wouldn't be a problem. Unfortunately, the ceiling's at about 800 feet. And (laughs) so uh, that's a required instrument. I'm not going to fly into an emergency when I'm on the ground, you know, perfectly safe right now. So, all right, go back. Um, So it happens. Uh, It doesn't happen as often. And, you know, if if there's a problem with a push-to-talk switch... I've had that where the push-to-talk switch didn't work and I just switched headsets with Aiden and just remembered to use his push-to-talk switch on his um, yoke whenever I wanted to
0: talk. Yeah, that's like the one time I had the... I used apparently the wrong, uh, you know, headset hookup. There was apparently two on the pilot's side. Yes. and there
1: is They have that in the Mooney, too, where there's one that's the emergency
0: one. Yeah, well, one of them didn't work quite right. (laughs) You know, the other one was the one that actually hooked into the system correctly and it was like, well, I didn't know. It's, you know, the first time I'd actually flown that specific plane in the club, and, you know, it wasn't written anywhere. So it's just like you just had to know to use the one versus the other. And, right. you know, here I am taking off, going at it, and then I didn't realize till I was up in the air that, hey, I can't talk to Potomac Approach. And oh, now that bummer. I think about it, I'm pretty sure that I didn't announce anything when I took off. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's legal. Yeah,
0: no, it's, it's well, it's legal until I get in the air, and then I can't talk to Potomac Approach, and then it's issues.
1: Oh, then you have, yeah, okay, I wasn't thinking about that. I'm the in the SFRA. Yeah, you're in the, <laughs> so, so it's a little bit of a at that point, story. I'm
0: like, well, I gotta start doing circles now until I can contact them, or I'm gonna have to get my butt on the ground, because I really don't like seeing F-16s in the air with me when I'm in this area.
1: As cool as that would be, it's
0: probably not. Yeah, worth it. not. So uh, you know, luckily, I, you know, I figured out how to do the flight, but then I couldn't talk to my buddy in the right seat pretty much half the flight.
1: It would really stink if you just after takeoff you have to squawk seventy six hundred.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I was I was probably a minute away from doing that, <laughs> and then getting back on the right, ground. Well, I you mean, know, and
1: you do what you got to do, you know, I certainly would have been like, yep, um, that's just the way it is. We're going to squawk 7,600 and put Uh this thing on the ground and, you know, I'll deal with the rest of it later.
0: Yeah. Because then I I was, you know, I was going to have to probably call them up and cancel my, (laughs) my flight plan and everything. And, um, yeah, that would have been interesting. Luckily I got in contact with him, but it's just, you know, little things like that that you don't always know. And, uh, kills me sometimes.
1: Yeah, oh, gotta love it. It'll be so much better when you have your plane, yeah. and then you can sit there and go, "Do I want to spend five thousand dollars on a new <laughs> attitude indicator?" Yeah, ah, we'll postpone my IFR training for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, but at least you know, I know, what, I know the plane. I know what happens, what's wrong, what's in you know, sometimes it's you know, it may cost you a little more, but at least you know you yeah. know and you kn-
1: no I, I i totally get it and it's having flying the same plane consistently is just such a mental load off because you can get used to it and you can yeah. you know you you can zero in on one set of speeds v speeds and one set of procedures and that kind of stuff you, you know you still use your checklists and all that good stuff but the there's a, a a much smaller window for mental
0: errors. Yeah. And then on top of that, you don't have the, you don't know what's happened to that plane in the gap since you last flew it. Right. Um, you know, you pretty much know, especially if you're not, you know, even in a partnership with a couple people, you're pretty much going to know, you know, if anybody notices anything at that time or if anything happens, you know, so it's not a surprise when you go to the airport that, you know, something is horribly broken that somebody before you did.
1: <laughs> oh the excitement.
0: Yeah. The unknowing of what's the squawk sheet gonna say today.
1: <laughs> At least ours is online now. Yeah. When I joined the club it was it was hanging on the inside of the hangar. And now our squawk sheet is is on um, Flight Schedule Pro, which is the tool that we're using.
0: Yeah, ours is uh ours is in the actual like binder you get. So you have to go get the binder and then in the bat in the front or the back I forget where it is now has the, the squawk sheet and then it's you know the signature of the I mean it's guy and whether it's you know or the manager or whoever if it's you know okay or not
1: right do you ever call ahead for it
0: uh, no I've not I've not done that
1: no you can that's that's one way to save yourself a drive to the airport is call them up and and ask the desk you know hey are there any squawks on this airplane because I've got it checked out and just wondering because if you know it could be that they're like, yeah, it's perfectly fine to fly, but you're like, yeah, but I'm going out at night and I really need the, you know, strobes to work.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's totally legal without it, and I get that, but not at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: luckily, I haven't been doing a lot of those, you know, night flying or anything. It's mostly been very good weather VFR days lately. Right. Um, because yeah, I've been blue sky flying. I've been selective about when I book the plane. Um,
1: well, and that makes a lot of sense if you're not really going out there a lot you should pick the good days that aren't you know brutally windy with low visibility where it's kind of marginal vfr and you're gonna eh, yeah no you should stack the deck in your favor yeah. by all means and and
0: i and I like you know being able to schedule kind of close enough to when i want to go up um generally i i can there's availability in the airplanes that's decent. Um, that I can pick a good day, and then I know that I'm gonna be able to go up and I'm not worrying about is the weather good enough? should I cancel this and that and it's like, you know what let's get rid of that out of the equation because I know you know I'm gonna be a little more rusty than I probably should be um, you know, just because it's been four or five six weeks since I last flew, so let's just get that out of the equation and you know kind of simplify it as much as possible. plus generally, I'm taking people up for their first flights. you know the last thing I want right. to do So you're not trying to stop <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, the one time I got into a situation that was scary was when I had another pilot in the other scene. (laughs) And we were both like, well, well, learned a lot that night, you know. Yeah. You know, I've been definitely selective on that. And then um, it's also less of the, well, we can't go up today, you know, telling the other person and trying to explain, you know, why.
1: (laughs) Right. And, yeah, that's the nice thing about those kinds of missions is you can, you know, it, hey, we, we're we not going to go today because I don't want to be cleaning your vomit off the inside of the airplane. And they're like, oh, thanks. Okay, <laughs> appreciate it. No problem. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but when it's, you know, hey, you know, we're not going to go today and we're going to have to drive 10 hours. It's it's hard, but, you know, people generally are pretty understanding of, you know, you saying, hey, I I value our continued existence on this planet. So we're not going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So...
1: Other than that, I'm just uh, getting ready for Oshkosh. I haven't even downloaded the Notum yet, but uh, but we're getting close. I was kind of hoping that uh, that slacker Mark would show up, because um, you know we we've, we've got to keep goading him into into coming to Oshkosh with us.
0: Yeah, as the um, one member of the podcast that I'm pretty sure we all haven't met uh, in person. Right. Uh, he needs to get yeah. he needs to get his butt to Oshkosh. I know. And experience Camp not bacon or anything else, yeah. So, so everybody, your mission this week is to tweet him a lot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> stdnt pilot Mark,
0: and and um, make sure he comes to Oshkosh.
1: Yeah, just when are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming to Oshkosh? Are you gonna be at Osh fourteen? Just keep keep yeah, doing that. Yeah, keep
0: doing that. It'll be good. And then and then come see us all at Camp Bacon. Yeah, because uh, absolutely, we'll be there. I will be there, with a even larger tent. Yahoo! Gotta and, love it.
1: And I'll have the arrow and and maybe, maybe have uh, full plane. Holy cow! That full be plane terrifying. I'm gonna have to.
0: Now everybody's gonna know that you didn't hit the dot.
1: Hey, I did that. I'm pretty dang proud of it. I actually managed to to plant that thing nicely, gently onto the dot. I didn't, you know, my first landing at Oshkosh was uh, showed up on the seismometers in Madison, but the the last one, I you know, I take pride in how that one worked out. I you know managed a fairly challenging IFR situation and and managed to plant it right on the orange dot nicely. Much, much better than the guy in front of me was doing, who had no idea what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. I am going to try IFR again this year, if it's at all all possible.
0: Um, Is that how you came in last year?
1: Yeah, I flew an IFR. I could have flown VFR, um, but I would have been under the the white, puffy, turbulent clouds the whole way, and that I didn't really want to do. Um, And the ifr approaches are so much nicer because you're not within half a mile within two thousand feet of another airplane that yeah is typically flown by somebody who flies five to ten hours a year and says oh you know what i think i'll go into the busiest airspace in the world
0: so, yeah 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 it's probably for the best <laughs>
1: i yeah I, it I know people who've had f- perfectly wonderful experiences on the Fisk approach. I know people who've been terrified. So I'm, if as much as possible, I'm
0: going
1: to fly in <laughs> IFR. Yeah. I don't need terrified.
0: Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh it's getting close. Very close. It is getting close. And, uh,
1: by the time this thing drops, it's going to be real close. We're going to be within about 30 days. Will we? Will we? I don't know. When is this drop?
0: 15th? Oh,
1: well, 45 days.
0: 40 um, days. Anyway. M- well, if you count it in number of episodes left, there'll be two more episodes until Oshkosh.
1: I know. We gotta, you know, start nagging our compatriots. Yeah. Some more.
0: Um, I, will, I will be there the whole week. Yet again.
1: So. Yeah, I'm going for the second half yet again. Uh, at least that's the plan at this point.
0: Yeah. So
1: got the arrow like i said have a nice new interior hopefully aiden won't throw up all over it
0: <laughs> i uh good times I, I have a tent with a nice new interior and i plan to not throw up in this one again so uh oh you're gonna you're gonna try for that this time <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah that's uh one of the reasons why actually why we retired this last tent uh oh, among okay. the fact that oh. it actually leaks and is old and just it was time uh
1: if you're going to throw up in it, make it after we leave. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Nah, it's a it's a nice, nice larger tent, and uh, I can stand up in it, which will be nice. So it will make the accommodations at Oshkosh a little nicer. So, um, yeah, but I picked that up. I picked up a new hard drive to get ready for, for Osh. So I'm starting to plan keep working on Torah and get her done.
1: I have to decide what I want to pick up when I'm there this year. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty well stocked in terms of flying equipment. So I'm not sure what, what, if any gear I'm going to come back with.
0: Probably not too much for me. Actually, you know, the one thing I might pick up is I need to pick up a, uh, um, fuel sump thing.
1: Yep. Gats jars. Yeah. That's the place. Um, to get I
0: it. meant to pick it up at, at sun and fun and then totally forgot. Um, I love my Getz. So, yeah, I need to pick up one of those. Because it's just, you know, another issue with renting. It's never in the plane. It's oh, just yuck. never there. And it's like, crap, I don't remember which other hangars are the planes that I never fly. Because, <laughs> you know, I know <laughs> where the two hangars were the two planes that I fly are. I can never remember which exact hangars are the ones that are the other club um, um, flight school planes. Sure. And I don't want to go into the wrong one and <laughs> steal a gets. you know. So...
1: Well, you only need it for a minute.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. But um, that's happened to me twice where I've had to go into another plane and, and get one. So I'm just like, I really need to just carry one, and then I know I have one with me. So
1: what what's in your flight bag, roughly speaking?
0: Oh man, I got to think about that. Um,
1: what what is your flight bag for you know, for starters? Well, is it just like a target bag, you know, plastic no, bag that you no. just plug around?
0: I've got. Um, it's one of the flight gear, the sporties bags. It was, uh, it was one of the larger ones. Um, it's kind of like a small duffel bag, almost big inside pocket. It's got a, um, headset pocket on the, um, one side. Um, it's, uh, hang on. Let me, uh, I don't remember which one it is. I don't think they sell it anymore, but it was, it was a larger one. And, it worked great while I was flight training because, you know, I had all of these books and I had all of the, um, you know, the POH in there and all this other crap. There's just a ton of stuff. And so it fit everything great while I was flight training. And now it's just entirely too big. Uh, um, I hate lugging it around. It's too big for the stuff I want to throw in it. Um, cause usually I have, I've got, um, a bunch of air sick bags that I've acquired through South few Southwest flights, um, I always carry a pencil, a pen, um, I always have my current charts, which I still have on my, um, sporty subscription. Uh, I carry, it's got the wallet in there that has my medical, um, my EAA card and my, uh, pilot certificate. And I keep that in a separate wallet that I just keep in my flight bag. Cause I know my flight bag always goes with me. Um, Let's see what else. I always keep a notepad. I've got my board that I keep in there, um, which I haven't updated in a while, but used to have um, emergency checklists printed out that had tabs on them. Nice. Um, when I switched back to Brett Aviation, I actually don't have that anymore, um, though I do have in there the printed checklists with the emergency checklist for the um, for the flight school. So I have a backup copy of that, though I use my phone for my checklist most of the time. Now, I use uh, flight checklists. Um, and then I'll throw my iPad in there, and then I usually have um, my RAM mounts kind of thrown in there um, to mount the iPad and to mount the phone. Uh, I mount the phone in the window, and then I mount the iPad on the yoke. So I have my checklist right next to me on the window, and then I have my flight plan and maps and stuff on the yoke. So it works out pretty well. And then I got my headset in there, cool. my Lightspeed Zulu, uh Sierras, and I think that's about it. That's
1: a pretty good accounting.
0: Um, I got extra batteries, uh, a couple flashlights, and I'm sure some other random stuff that's in there. Um, I always carry extra. Um, I always carry an extra battery pack with me for my uh, iPad or my phone, you know, whichever starts getting low. And then I always carry a lightning cable for uh, for each because my battery pack will actually has two USB ports out. So I can charge the phone and the iPad at the same time. Awesome. I think that's it. Either way, it needs to be downsized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the that is the thing to learn from from pilots is that they have too much stuff in their flight bag.
0: Yeah, but the thing is with all that stuff in there, it's too much room in the flight bag. Like you still have yeah. I have way too much room. I could I could cut that thing in can, half.
1: Well, see you can pack your overnight stuff in there. That's what that's what you do you fill it up with yeah. you know, clothes and a shaving kit
0: yes yeah, you have another bag for that so <laughs> <laughs> that's the bag you'll see me with at Oshkosh is usually my, my other bag which is my tactical 24 hour bag <laughs> but...
1: well you've actually seen my flight bag at Oshkosh but it's, it's a monster it's basically a duffel bag sized thing it is also from Sporties. I don't know that they make it anymore um, so yeah, it looks like a, a good sized gym duffel bag and it's got headset holders on both ends, uh, in which I have, uh, a lightspeed Zulu in, in each. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, I'm doing, trying to do this from memory. If I had the thing in front of me, this would take another hour. That's what I was doing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> inside of it it's got an av pad which is basically a leg pad for the for the ipad which i don't use much because it doesn't fit under my leg it doesn't fit on my leg in the mooney yeah that was my uh, problem. I have a ram mount uh which is what it usually goes on i have the the dc adapter for a uh, two and a half amp dc adapter for the ipad so I can keep it somewhat charged in flight uh I have a handheld radio um which with the charger uh the charger's in the bag as well uh usually six to eight extra batteries for the Zulus which take two batteries a piece um carbon monoxide detector spot personal locator Smith & Wesson flashlight um another sort of no name no it's not a no name another a maglite uh two triple a flashlight um sick bags what else a leatherman um let's see cable to hook the hook the headset to the portable radio um cable to do recordings of the cockpit audio oh i forgot
0: about that that's in my bag too
1: <laughs> um, I've got an extra knife. I've got an air. I've got a complete first aid kit in a sardine can. Uh, it's got like everything you need. Well, not everything you need, but it's got a lot of stuff in it. A, a pretty amazing amount of stuff in it. Um, oh my gosh, uh, the gat's jar, obviously the aforementioned gat's jar. Um, my medical, my license. I keep uh in my wallet, uh but the medical is in my flight bag, um which is expiring at the end of this year. oh my gosh, i gotta get another medical uh yeah. oh yeah, that'll be hard so i'm see
0: I'm f- up in january
1: fog i see if I can fog a mirror um then what there's a i don't know there's a lot there's just too much, way too much. Um, considering that for your typical day VFR flight, I'd bring my headset and my medical and my iPad, and that's it. <laughs> the whole rest of the bag never even comes out of the van.
0: Yeah, I, I've been leaving my bag in the, in the car more the last couple of times, just taking the RAM mounts. Um, I, I do always take the kneeboard with me, and the only reason is just for writing down some stuff. Um,
1: oh, I have, yeah, I have three pads, three notepads, seven or eight pencils. Um, yeah, no pens. We don't use pens. They
0: freeze. Yeah, I don't take my pens with me because they explode. Um, so I get freezing fountain pens all the time. Uh, yeah, I always have the pencil on. Yeah, I always take that so I can jot down stuff. Um, the one thing you, you reminded me of now is that I should uh, probably buy a flight bag at Oshkosh. Uh. There you go. <laughs> Way to spend yeah, my. I know money. a lot of people that
1: are happy with the Brightline bag.
0: Yeah, I, I keep hearing about that. I'm not sure if that's in my budget. Um it's not exactly cheap. Right. Um, yeah,
1: I'm 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 set. This is more than more than enough bag for me. I'm not uh, in the market, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I just I really want to downsize to something I can just. It's easier to get in and out of the back of the plane, and it just has everything, you know, there and easy to get to. Um, where I'm not just trying to dig through and find stuff. It's always a mess. I hate it. It drives me nuts. Um, so I want to do that. And then the, um, the other thing that I've always wanted to pick up, and I haven't yet, is a handheld radio. I do want to get one of those. Um, yeah,
1: that that I bought at Oshkosh, and, I'm, and uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I've never had to use it in flight, but I did come close. We had an alternator that was failing, and I had to turn around and let atc know that hey um if you lose contact with me just hit me with the light gun eh. because
0: yeah Uh, another reason why i always carry the uh knee board with me is that it has all the light gun signals and all the other stuff and the um (laughs) the uh (laughs) altitudes and all that it's it's all there so i always love having that
1: yeah i know what you mean well short of that i think we have uh Wasted most of another perfectly good hour.
0: Yeah, I think we have. And with my wife coming in to see when I'm coming to bed, it's probably a good time to wrap this up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it probably is. And don't fly like John Conway.
0: Don't. Don't. Don't ever do that. It's terrible. Don't fly with me either. (laughs) Or near. Yeah, or (laughs) near. Like a drunken sailor up there, right? No, uh... Yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh do we have uh do you have do you have any shout outs?
1: Uh, I am negative shout negative outs for shout this outs. episode, I'm afraid.
0: Um
1: the... Maybe maybe a shout out to student pilot mark to Mark Lacoste for maybe letting us know if he's coming to Oshkosh. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um also on that note, if you're coming to Oshkosh, um let us know. Hit us up. Um you know, send us send us some messages. Love to meet up with you and we'll we'll pretty much be hanging out at Camp Bacon a lot. Um not sure yep. where I'll be editing this year. Probably can't bacon. We're, we're still trying to figure that out. because um, we might not have the RV. So
1: I usually stumble over to the UCAP party as well.
0: So Yeah, there's always that. And then there's always the um open airplane party. Yeah, oh, if I'm in
1: if I'm around. Uh I'm gonna miss Oshbash this year.
0: So. Yeah, but the um the Oshbash is usually earlier in the week and then the other parties are later. Uh, See, that's why I go to the second half. So, yeah, and, ends up well, and you're going to be able to hit the um, Thunderbirds, which are doing a full show. Hopefully
1: not literally, but yeah. Full show this
0: year. They're yeah, actually... I,
1: when, when's the show? What day? Um,
0: it's, I think it's August 1st through the 3rd, if I'm correct.
1: Oh, they're doing like multiple days. No, yeah, it's
0: multiple days. And it's Holy the cow. full show. It's that weekend. Ooh, yeah. Um, if you give me a sec, I will... I I just saw it today... And yeah, it's the first, second, and third. So it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And chances are, if they're like every other Jet team out there, they'll be flying a full show on Thursday. Or not a f- full show. They'll be doing a practice on Thursday. So they'll pretty much be flying the full show, but they'll be tweaking some stuff and kind of setting everything up. So that's my assumption. Uh, we'll know.
1: Wow, they're going to close the airspace at the busiest airport in the world so the Thunderbirds can practice. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens.
1: You'd think they'd show up like a week early
0: and <laughs> it No, I mean, but if, it, I I don't know. I mean, this is the first year they've ever had a full jet team there. I know. So, I, I'm very excited. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, It's probably in the I'm actually, when they're doing the TFRs for it. But um, I know at least at Sun and Fun. If only I had read it. At Sun and Fun, they do do their practice that Thursday, the day before, when they show up. And there is a TFR for that, too. So they they kind of shut it down and let them do a practice because, you know, they show up and the day before and scope everything out. Just happens to be during the air show. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. well it's it's good to be the Thunderbirds when you can get a TFR. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Uh, so so we'll see. I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how that. Uh, and somebody can tell me if I'm wrong or anything. I haven't really looked at the schedule that much, but that's my assumption. Um, but still, I mean, this is going to be awesome. Full full. Full show, and I actually haven't seen the Thunderbirds before, so this will be new for me.
1: Um, I haven't seen them in quite a while, so I'm, I'm that'll be fun. Seen the blues? We'll, we'll bring the ear. We'll bring the earplugs for sure.
0: No, no, you don't bring earplugs. You let that sound in. I, I have a check. Oh, whatever. You don't need to put earplugs in your ears; just his. <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm I'm excited about that. So. Yeah. Shout out to that. And then also, um, I'm going to become a pilot day on Saturday. So actually when this drops become a pilot day will have already happened. Um, but, uh, just kind of a shout out to the S- Smithsonian ahead of time for, um, putting that on. It's going to, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at, uh, the red Robin as we always do that night. So, uh, next episode I should have kind of a little report on that too. So yeah
1: i wish i could do some flying on that day but uh i'm gonna be otherwise engaged
0: yeah so uh, it's always that day before father's day so um looking forward to that um and that's i think all i have so um with that let's go ahead and just uh, let everybody know where they can find the two of us real quick so brad where uh where are you hiding out and lurking on the internet these days
1: uh, I lurk occasionally at uh, via email Brad at in dot com. On the Twitter machine, um haven't been terribly active lately, but uh trying my best, uh at Brad Kane and on diaspora at bcane at diaspora dot dot com. And for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, Kane is spelled Kilo, Oscar, Echo Hotel November.
0: Yeah, and for uh, me, you can find me at John in the pattern podcast.com on Twitter net, pretty much anywhere else at pilot Conway. Uh, I think I'm on Facebook at John L. Conway IV. And, uh, for all of us, you can reach us all at pilotcast at in the pattern podcast.com or on Twitter as in the pattern. Or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash in the pattern, um, show notes and other episodes can be found uh, on our website in the pattern podcast.com, um, There uh, have been some changes there, I haven't actually switched the main site yet, but you'll notice the actual shows are actually coming from another site, but uh, um, you'll probably see the new website on there soon, but uh, it's uh, a little cleaner and a little easier to work with, and uh, actually comes with um, speed buttons, so if you like to listen at double speed, you can do that online starting soon, so uh, I don't know about all of you guys, but I I love that feature because I listen to everything at double speed because otherwise I cannot fit all my podcasts. I listen to too many, but uh, just a uh, kind of heads up that that's going to be happening. Um, so with that, go ahead and send us any suggestions, comments, critiques, and we love to get any feedback from our listeners. And uh, if you can, just go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That'll really help us out. So, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up episode 43 of the End the Pattern podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening, and remember make left traffic, you're cleared for the option.
1: this and other great
0: shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voice